0: Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to Dolores Davis, General Manager of CTNS Design Build in Austin, Texas. Dolores is second-generation owner, and today we're going to talk to her about best practices for growth and working on a family business. All that and more in today's episode of Power Tips Unscripted. Come on. At last, we meet for the first time for the last time. <laughs> We're
1: waiting. Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, your host of Power Tips Unscripted, here with my co-host Mark Harari, Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer here at Remodelers Advantage. Hello, hello. This is where we talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. So I'm really excited about today's episode because we get to talk to Dolores Davis. She's been a long time member. She's very active in the industry. She's one of the women in construction to watch. And we're gonna to talk to her about all sorts of good stuff today as she shares a lot of her experiences in growing a large family-owned, successful remodeling business out of Austin, Texas. Welcome, Dolores. Hello, Victoria. Hey, thank you so How much for all? being here with us. Oh, you're very welcome, it's my, it's my pleasure. So you are one of the family of Clarence and Stella Guerrero, who started this company in 1957. That's
2: correct. Um, I had three other brothers. I actually have five, but three other brothers worked in the company as well as myself. And um, my sisters, I have two sisters, they were wise enough to just stay away.
1: (laughs) No, so that's going to be a topic in and of itself as we get into this in a little bit. I've known your company for a long, long time and you you folks, your team has grown this into being one of the larger volume companies that I know of in the industry and a very successful one at that. And in, in addition to your family or brothers, your husband is also involved in the business. Is that correct?
2: That's correct. He started the design. He's an architect. He started the design division in 1994. He uh, came on board and really built and created the design-build business model for our company.
1: So tell us a little bit about what you think are maybe three or four of the must-do best practices that remodeling company owners should do to grow a company like yours and grow it successfully. Because, you know, you are hitting some of the larger volumes here that a lot of people achieve or they, they're they striving toward.
2: Yes, I think the very number one best practice is hire really good people. Uh, Find out what you're not all that great at and then hire it. Because, And I'm not just saying good skills necessarily, but good people. People that you have good character, that you can trust, that are trainable, that want to be working for a company like ours. Because if people want to be here and they're just – good people than the rest you could work with you know you can build your team culture and you can train them on best practices so that to me is probably the number 1
1: now before we go uh, to the next team. ones hold on for a second before we go to the next ones cuz i want to dive into this good people thing for just a second okay. you know how many people do you have on your on we your have, team we have 30 employees okay 30 employees wow. Yeah. So you must have learned a lot about how to hire these good people. I mean, that's to me one of the toughest things out there, isn't it? I think it is. Um, I don't know
2: how good we are in it. I think that really <laughs> the, the key to the success is that we have a strong foundation of family members that have taken on key roles, have uh, chosen to be o- open to learning and growing, and I think that that and, and to committed to doing good work and that attracts good people so fundamentally i think if you do good work and you're out in your community and you're you know being a part of this symbiotic relationship with your clients in your community people are attracted to that and so i think that that's part of it the other part is just um, learning learning from people like Ramallah's advantage folks and you know just trying to do the best thing and and find different ways to hire people and and by no means have we been 100 percent successful but i think that when people come and they love it here and they stay
0: that's a win i'm curious dolores just on that you you mentioned looking beyond just the um the skills and and the resume and and at themselves is, is there anything specific or, or a trick anything you do in the interview process to kind of dig that out
2: so we interview as a group, and it, um, when let's say we're hiring a design uh, partner, Stuart will ask technical things, so he'll learn about the technical and and past experience and those kinds of things. And Billy may you know talk more of estimating and those kinds of skills. And I tend to ask questions about. Um, what are you passionate about and what, what kinds of books do you read and how do you spend your spare time and tell me a situation where it was really difficult that you had to deal with. And so I tend to just, I think if we can all focus on different areas, Mm -hmm. um, we can get a really good picture of what that person is like and, um, and that can lead us down the path of making some decisions. And also, I don't think that, uh, interview process is a one stop deal. I think that you have, there has to be a series of communication and ability to meet them in different ways with different people. We invite departments to come in and, and talk to them. So
1: That's spread a really, it out,
2: spread, spread the love and let other people be part of it.
1: That is a very good tactic. I think we do a lot of that same thing here, I. And and you can tell you're the culture queen there, right? You're the one that's trying to dig that out if they're going to be a good fit. So what what do you think are some of the other uh, best practices that people should think about when they're building a strong business? I'm I'm totally in agreement that people are the most critical. What's another thing?
2: Well, I think that, um, first of all, I don't think that anyone should uh, try to do all things all the time. I think identify the one or two things you want to focus on a year and and attend to those. And for, for us, it was building strong departments, building the production department, the design department, the sales department, the admin department, you know, build those departments so that they function real well. And and that just takes time. You know, I remember when we first got into Remodeler's Advantage, even though we were a fairly large volume company, it took us a while to get our financials in shape and to... Really understand them and to um, get that dang whip together, <laughs> and <laughs> you know, so so just really honing in on best practices and not settling, just not settling into okay, this is how it is, this is how it's always going to be. Okay. That's that's not a good place to be.
1: Okay, great. So, with that, you it took you a while to get financials and whip and all that stuff in place. Was that as a best practice something that was beneficial? to Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Wh- why? That, because um, it helps us
2: focus monthly on how we're doing. And uh, that's what I didn't ever really understand about the WIP, that when we can close out a month, every month, and take a look at where all of our projects are, it, it can help us in the long-term picture of understanding where we are in our income statement. And so that helps that helped me connect those two pieces of the puzzle and it, and it, and so when things start going sideways, it gives us an opportunity to now regroup and find out what are some things we need to do to um, boost productivity or what are some things we need to do to boost sales or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, you can sort of, uh, it gives you the permission to investigate, okay. um, other areas.
1: Does anything else jump out at you as a, as a must do, even if it, you know, just some tactic or technique or process that you think every company should be doing? Well, um, I'm the culture queen Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. So, um,
2: I believe that I don't know how much companies focus on this, but I think it's really important to focus on your company culture and to work daily on, communication and team building and, um, allow opportunity for conversation, even though it's difficult to happen. And that is a practice, a daily practice. And some of the things we do, I always have, I always kick off the year with a company meeting away from the office, away from everyone's cell phones. Mm -hmm. Uh, we do kind of a state of the company report, and then we focus on team buildings and goals for the year. And then we do a mini meeting at Midyear. So that we're, you know, we can see progress and and employees can see how are we doing. And it helps us to be transparent and that builds trust. Mm -hmm, And so mm -hmm. I don't know, to me, I don't think there's many things more important than that.
1: So in terms of culture, you talked about like, those are great, the meetings and those are for all employees, like all 30 employees will go to each of those two meetings. Yes. So what else do you do? As you mentioned, it's a daily thing. It's a, it's a practice. What are some of the things that you literally are doing every day?
2: Well, me personally, my goal is to check in with every employee at least. And, and that's, and it happens daily because 30 employees, it takes, I don't know, two, two and a half months for me to do this, to accomplish the school, but do one-on-one check-ins with them. Okay. Um, that, that's what I do personally, but as a group, we have department manager groups, um, meetings, and so I, I personally don't mind meetings, other people don't like them that much but, um, because it takes time away from doing the quote-unquote real work, but I think it's important to group, get, get together as a group and focus on uh, department goals. And allow other people in other departments to help you focus on your goal mm-hmm. and so we do that and then if we have to break off and pull other employees in to guide those implement those goals um that helps us all stay connected no one should be an island department doesn't work uh, design doesn't work separate from construction separate from sales we all work together and to me when we're all on the same team, we're all working towards the same goals, that's what helps build culture.
1: Now, you've been with the company for how many years? Collectively for 25 years. Now, Why'd you say it like that? Did
2: you take a leave of absence at one point? <laughs> okay, so, see, so I, I started working here, then I left because of family, then I came back because of family. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, it's been 25 years. I, I, I went away for two years.
1: So. Give us a little bit of a timeline on where how you evolved to be in the position you're in today.
2: Well, um, so when I first started here, I was raising a family, so I didn't want to work full time. And I became the production assistant and I had no clue what to do. I didn't know anything. And my mother and father were working in the business at the time. And my three brothers, Thomas, John Thomas and Billy. And I just essentially I grew to a GM position because if there was a hole, if there was a gap, I filled it. So I was never afraid to learn something new. If I didn't know how to do it, I found somebody who did to teach me or I took classes or I attended Mary functions to learn about business and so uh, eventually I grew my brother John left and they needed a general manager. So I moved into the general manager position, didn't know what I was doing. I just learned everything on my own uh, and with people around me. And then my brother Thomas left, who was the production manager. And I stepped in and did that position. Wow. And I just, again, what I didn't know, I learned. And I loved doing the production part of it because I loved working with clients and um, the field guys mm-hmm. and i learned an immense amount of uh, knowledge on production but i realized we really needed a leader in general management and so i've been looking for a production manager for five years and finally found one that i thought i think that fits in our company so you know nothing formal nothing fancy find out what was the need and and, and do it that was kind of my motto
0: dolores what's the different, as far as the title goes, uh, what is the difference that you see? Why are you general manager versus say president or owner or what have you?
2: Oh, well, that's a good question. Um, I think part of the downside of, of, family business is that, um, family members tend to get pigeonholed into, uh, how, however they were when they were growing up. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: as a sibling, I was, the little sister (laughs) and, and, and a girl in a Hispanic family. And so there were different cultural variations of how, uh, girls were treated from boys and what the expression expectations of boys were compared to girls. And, and so, and, and that was what it was like, you know, in the sixties and seventies and whatever, when my parents were raising kids. And so, I think I just kind of fell into the little sister support role and not seen as a president or CEO. I don't technically own the company. Uh, Stuart and Billy own the company. And, uh, of course, I'm Stuart's wife. And so I, by marriage, own the company. But it's part of that whole family culture of that's not my role. And so and I don't really care at this point. I did at one time. Um, I understand the importance of my position here,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, I don't think our company would be as strong as it is without someone like me in this position.
1: You know, a lot of our members, as they age and are thinking about succession, are thinking about putting a general manager in place in their business. In most cases, it wouldn't be a relative. It might be a, uh, somebody who might want to purchase down the road, but mm-hmm. we're getting a lot of, a lot of requests for, Hey, would you have a job description for a general manager? How would you describe what you do? I mean, how, uh, if you were to tell somebody, this is what you should look for in a general manager for your company, what would it be? Well, from, for
2: our company, I think it's a little bit different because I'm also a family member, but I do think that a general manager needs to be a visionary. And I think that they need to be upholding the intent and the vision for the company. And that, that, that starts at a place of, it's not about yourself. It has to be about what the company is and what's the most important role of the company as a whole. And I believe that um, that means that we have a responsibility to hire good people and take care of our employees mm-hmm. and do that thoughtfully and uh, intentionally mm-hmm. because employees will take care of clients really well and clients will take care of your company and I think that if you if we under, sometimes I think we get that little backwards and so mm-hmm. I feel like a general manager oversees all operations and the people that do those operations are our employees. So I feel like that's my main role. I don't lose sight of anything. Every operation has, I, I'm. A, you have to, a general manager, a good general manager must be a check-in to every single part of mm-hmm. the operations mm-hmm. from as far out as it goes, as far up as it goes, and far down, and I mean up, like to the president level, you have to be willing to manage your president. <laughs> and you have to be willing to, you know, talk to the field guys, you know, wh-
1: whoever they are, they're all equally important. Now, you're also very involved in uh, industry associations, specifically NARI, right? Yes. How, how has that benefited you or made a difference in your career?
2: I believe um, NARI specifically and not so much HBA, although I am involved in HBA, but for us and in, in our, our industry, I think that when you have a professional industry that focuses 100% of its intention on the remodeling business and we can tap into that professionalism it it sets us apart from our competitors mm-hmm. it also it also kind of legitimizes our industry for a long time contractors remodelers whatever they they just they were kind of the stepchild you know of the construction industry mm-hmm. and I just feel like right. it's not that at all and in fact remodeling and the remodeling industry, holds in a very important role in what we do as a society, really, because we go in and we work on people's homes. Mm-hmm. We're not, you know, we're not just a guy. I know a guy. I got my guy. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's bigger than that. And it's greater than that. And it's more impactful than that. Uh-huh. And I just feel like being a part of NERI allows for expanding that and being part of something that's bigger than just our company.
1: Okay. Thank you. That was awesome.
0: That's really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Dolores, you know it's it's that time of the show. Oh no. Yeah, uh, it's that yeah. time. And now here's a remodeler's advantage lightning round.
1: It's a trap.
0: All right. I'm putting sixty seconds on the clock. Are you ready? I'm ready. Alright, here we go. What's your favorite business book and why?
2: Oh, okay. My current favorite business book is Start With Why by Simon Sinek. I love this book because as business owners, we sometimes focus on the what and how of what we do, but we forget about why we do it. And I think that when we can tap into our why, Um, then we're able to truly sell product or services that are meaningful and
0: purposeful. That's perfect. If you weren't the owner or general manager, I should say, of your company, what do you think you would be doing?
2: Well, I love people, so I probably would be consulting, hint, hint. (laughs) Um, If I weren't in the industry, I would definitely be a social worker.
0: What are you not very good at?
2: gosh, I'm not a good strategizer, and so I learned that if you surround yourself with people that are good at those
0: kinds of things,
2: then I'll always win.
0: Your room, your desk, or your car, which do you clean first? My room. Describe the color yellow to someone who's blind. Yellow is happy and vibrant
2: and, um,
0: expansive.
1: Well, Dolores, thank you so much for being here. Um, it's been a pleasure just to be able to pick your brain a little bit and, and hear about the things that you're thinking of, about every day and, and constantly as you're helping to build this awesome business in Austin, Texas, what a cool town. I, I gotta ask you, are you weird? Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So, before we go, I want you to share your five words of wisdom. Let's have them. Okay.
2: Well, because um, my dad Clarence is a we have he has these Clarenceisms. His favorite one is I'm going to put if in there, but if you ain't got some, get some. (laughs)
1: Okay. What does that mean? But But if it were me, I would say be a lifelong learner. Oh, good. Yeah, that's really good. Yep, perfect, and that certainly fits in with our culture here. So thank Absolutely. you so much for being part of this. I appreciate it greatly. We'll talk You're again welcome. soon. It was a lot of fun. Right.
0: Thanks, that's, Dolores. You I,
1: know they've done some fabulous things with that company, and to think of working with that many family members. I,
0: <laughs> I can't wait to get away from my family members. Well, not my kids, though. Yeah. You know. I mean they're little. Yeah, right. When they get older, maybe. But yeah, that was that was fantastic.
1: And obviously, there's such a focus on culture at that company.
0: Yeah, it's got, it's, you know, you almost have to with, I mean, 30 plus employees. I know it. Yeah. Um, And the whole um, just having a general manager and uh, I love how she said she's got to be willing to manage the president as well, Mm -hmm. so.
1: And just think how difficult that is if you weren't the president's brother or sister, you know? No question. And that adds that whole other level.
0: Well, hey, I mean, I try to manage you all the time. It
1: doesn't doesn't work, does
0: it? (laughs) No, but it's a challenge, so. Well, this has been Power Tips Unscripted.
1: Thank you all for being here, and we'll see you again next time. This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the Remodeler's Guide to Business.
0: Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about
1: Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening.